Hi, it's Erinda here, Holistic Life Coach and Counsellor, helping you to bring peace and balance back into your life. Now, if there's one thing that can really cast a shadow over a person's inner world, it is worry. Now, we all do it from time to time, but for some people it becomes an incessant activity that has a seriously detrimental effect on their happiness and well-being. When I look back at my younger days, I'm stunned at how much time and energy I spent worrying. I used to worry about everything exams, my health, work deadlines, presentations, my ability to manage the house and later on the children. I'm sure you get the picture. A big dark cloud followed me around everywhere. Now I know this sounds overly dramatic but the worry along with my anxiety and panic disorder meant that my internal world was a living hell. And thank goodness things have changed. So what exactly is worry? The dictionary definition of the verb to worry is, and I quote, to give way to anxiety or unease, to allow one's mind to dwell on difficulty or troubles, unquote. I really like this definition because if you listen to it carefully, embedded within it is a huge amount of empowerment. The words to give way to and to allow suggests that worry is an entirely optional activity. It may not seem that way initially to someone who has little or no control over their mind, but a little knowledge, self-awareness and discipline can turn even the worst worry bought into a chilled-out optimist. And you know what, quite frankly, if I can do it, anyone can. So what is the real underlying problem? Well, it is the human mind's oversensitivity to negative information. The human mind likes to be firmly anchored in known territory. It likes control, certainty, predictability and familiarity. So much so that when it treads into the unknown, it creates feelings of anxiety. The human mind is also hardwired to focus on the negatives in life as opposed to the positives. Rick Hansen and Richard Mendes provide a great metaphor in their book, Buddha's Brain, The Practical Neuroscience of Happiness, Love and Wisdom. And I quote, When an event is flagged as negative, The hippocampus, a part of the brain, makes sure it's stored carefully for future reference. Once burned, twice shy. Your brain is like Velcro for negative experiences and Teflon for positive ones, even though most of your experiences are probably neutral or positive. Now it seems that we all have a natural tendency to focus on the negatives in life, and that does make sense. Now, when we were cavemen, it didn't matter if we remembered how stunningly beautiful the sunset was, but it did matter that we remembered the exact location of the cave that was home to a dangerous animal. Our survival depended on us registering and remembering these negative facts and experiences. This negativity bias has literally kept our species alive. Now, the good news, though, is that this is a tendency and not a compulsion that cannot be overridden. You can train yourself to be different. And why would anybody not want to do this? Especially when you consider the consequences of incessant worry, which, with one exception, which I'll speak about in a moment, are all pretty damaging. Worry brings feelings of stress and overwhelm, fear, anxiety, panic, a pessimistic outlook on life, a lack of trust in the natural balance of and goodness of life, feelings of displacement away from the here and now, feelings of being ungrounded, an excessive expenditure of energy and time, the inability to live life to the full and realise our dreams, 
and it puts an enormous strain on relationships. Most people don't like to be around doom-gloom merchants. Worry warts are not pleasant to be around. They can drain you of your energy, enthusiasm and optimism. So does worry serve any positive function? Well, yes, there is one productive thing that it does, and that is prompt action. Now, a little worry can be good for you if it makes you pay attention, helps you to put together a plan or action and be better prepared for the future. Now, exams provide a perfect example of this. I remember coming home from school very many decades ago now, tired and hungry and just wanting to spend the whole evening watching TV. Now, if it wasn't for the nagging feelings of worry about exams looming on the horizon, I'm pretty sure I would never have studied. The worry made me pay attention to the need to do some revision. The worry prompted me to devise a detailed revision timetable. The worry made me stick to this timetable. And as a consequence, I was prepared for my exams. So if your worry actually prompts positive action, then it is useful but all other worry is a complete and utter waste of time and energy. So what can you do about your worrying? Well, firstly, you can become mindful of the following statistics. 500 years ago, Michel de Montaigne said, I quote, My life has been filled with terrible misfortune, most of which never happened, unquote. Now there's a study that proves this. This study looked into how many of our imagined calamities never materialise. In this study, subjects were asked to write down their worries over an extended period of time and then identify which of their imagined misfortunes did not actually happen. Lo and behold, it turns out that 85% of what people worried about never happened. And with the 15% that did happen, 79% of subjects discovered either they could handle the difficulty better than expected or the difficulty taught them a lesson worth learning. Now this means that 97% of what you worry over is not much more than a fearful mind punishing you with exaggerations and misperceptions. I also came across another set of figures which suggested that 40% of the things that we worry about never happen, 30% have already happened and we can't do anything about them, 12% are needless worries such as what someone thinks about us, 10% are petty and unimportant things in the grand scheme of things, 4% are about things we've got absolutely no control over, and 4% are real worries, but things that we can do something about. Now the second thing to do is to ask yourself if there's any point in worrying about the things that you are focusing on. There are four things that are not worth worrying about, but account for a lot of our worries. These are the unimportant, the unlikely, the uncertain and the uncontrollable. Now if you identify and ban these from your life, you will worry less. So let's look at each one in turn. So pointless worry number one, the unimportant. Now it's easy to fill your life with worries about little things. When you find yourself worrying, start to question yourself instead. Ask yourself, how important is the thing that I'm worrying about? Here are three points to help you answer this question. So there's the five-year rule. Ask yourself, will this matter in five years' time? This is a way of looking at your worry from a long-term point of view. Will this still be a concern in a week, a month, a year? Then there's the measuring rod. Ask yourself, where on a scale of bad experiences is the thing that I'm worried about? Think about a very bad experience that you've had. 
How does your current worry feel when compared with this? Then there's the calculator. Ask yourself, how much worry is this worth? We only have a certain amount of time and energy. Now make sure you do not spend more worry on your problem than it is worth. When you've thought about these three points, decide if your worry seems unimportant. And if so, try to stop worrying and distract yourself by using some of the techniques that I'm going to outline later on. Now if you still feel your worry is important, then move on to thinking about pointless worry number two, the unlikely. Now a lot of worries ask what-if questions. All kinds of terrible things could happen today or tomorrow, but most things are very unlikely. If you allow yourself to worry about the unlikely, then there would be no end to your worrying. Your life would be truly miserable. Tackling real, existing problems in life is hard enough. Do you really want to waste time, energy and happiness on problems that don't even exist? Now, when I first started driving, I remember always worrying about what I would do if my car broke down in the middle of a busy roundabout that I had to cross every day. Now, did my car ever break down in this roundabout? No. Now, what a ridiculous waste of my precious energy. Then there's pointless worry number three, the uncertain. Now, often we don't know how something will turn out. Many things we worry about have not yet happened and we can only take action once we know what has happened. For example, worrying that you may have failed an exam is not going to improve the results. It's only once the results are released that you can decide what, if anything, needs to be done. And then finally, there's pointless worry number four, the uncontrollable. Now, we have no control over many of the things that we worry about. For example, worrying about what others think about you is a good example of the uncontrollable. You have no way of controlling others' opinion of you, so why expend energy and lose happiness over worrying about that? Now, if you've spent time analysing your worries using the above exercise and you still feel worried, then try taking some of the following actions. Try stepping through the worries. Now, this involves being clear about the worry. So ask yourself, what exactly am I worrying about? Think about each worry and write them down one at a time as clearly as you can. Then decide if anything can be done. Look at each worry you've written down and ask yourself, is there anything I can do about this? Now, if the answer is no, nothing can be done, then you can be certain that no matter how much you worry, nothing will change, therefore there's no point in worrying. Try the distraction techniques that I'm going to outline in a moment. If the answer is yes, something can be done, then write a list of things that you could do to solve your worry. If there's something you can do right away, then do it. And if there's something that can't be done straight away, then make a plan of when, where and how you are going to tackle the problem. And when you've finished, tell yourself that you've done everything that's needed, so let go of the worry and get on with your day. Now, distraction is another helpful technique. Now, there's only a limited amount of space in the human mind, so keeping yourself busy with other things can make a real difference on how you feel, as this will leave no room for worry. So try some of the following things to distract yourself when you find yourself worrying. Keeping yourself physically active by doing some exercise is a good way to stop worrying thoughts, and exercise has been clinically proven to result in the release of endomorphines. These boost your mood naturally and actively contribute to a heightened sense of well-being. You can distract yourself by focusing on your surroundings. 
Concentrate on a specific detail of the world around you, for example, making words out of number plates of cars or guessing what people do for a living. Focusing on the outside world will prevent you from thinking about your inner worry-filled thoughts. Now, another great way to mentally distract yourself is by actively engaging in other mental activities. Examples could include doing puzzles, crosswords, reciting a poem or singing a song, or even concentrating really hard and trying to count backwards from 100. Just like a computer only has a certain amount of processing space, so too does your mind. These activities fill your mind so that there's no room for worry. Sometimes your attention may drift from what you're doing back to your worry. And if this happens, say to yourself that you've done all that you can for now. Remind yourself that there's nothing more that can be done today and shift your attention back to your task. When it comes to distraction, there is just one little proviso. Do not use distraction techniques as a way of avoiding dealing with your worries. Be sure you've gone through the earlier steps before using distraction. Now another trick you could try is boxing in your worry. Now if you're really plagued by worry, then try this simple technique. Honour your worry by setting yourself some dedicated worry time. Decide on a time and place every day in which you're going to worry. And if you start to worry at any other time, postpone the worry until worry time. Focus your attention on what you're doing. Now during worry time, let your mind worry freely. Take a pen and paper and write down your worries one at a time. Try using some of the techniques already mentioned to work on these worries. No, funnily enough, some people find that they're unable to worry to order, and so the worry time ends up being pretty trouble-free. Now lastly, share your worries. It's really interesting to note that worries do not survive very well outside our own heads. They seem to lose their power over us as they are articulated and brought out into the open. Talking about a worry can help us to see the bigger picture and can help with finding possible solutions or planning actions. Try and meet a friend or relative. Now do make sure it's someone that you trust and tell them what's on your mind. There really is some truth in the old adage, a worry shared is a worry halved. Now we all worry and you can be sure that your friend will also have things that they worry about. Now if all else fails, then seek some professional support. Talking through the things that worry you in a safe, confidential, therapeutic space with a trained professional who can facilitate the process and can even bring some creative solutions to your attention can really help you to quieten the mind and promote happiness, peace and well-being. Okay, so that's all for now. So remember to take great care of yourself because we both know that if you don't, no one else will. Bye for now.